1: in the a.m., Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Rob Long, Jeremy Kahn, Ed Norris on vacation this week. He will be back next week. Jeremy, have you heard anything more about this whole NBA situation? The all-star game, people have been talking about it. has there been a buzz? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about it. Um and what to do. Do you need to fix it? Does
2: it change? Does it need to go away? Can it be fixed? Um, can it be fixed? Can, I think it can be better. I don't think it can be fixed. I don't think you're ever gonna get it to be like a real
1: game. No. no. I liked it when it was an exhibition for three in the fourth quarter, they played defense. They tried to win. And I'm I'm kind of fine. Right with that. that. It's, like it's that's it's, what this is what makes the Pro
2: Bowl stink is that you, you don't get to play defense. You don't get the hit. You don't get the tackle. So guys show up, and they,
1: you know, I don't want to be a part of it. Joining us right now from the Undefeated, he is Jerry Bimbrey. What's going on, Jerry? What's up, Rob? Jeremy, how you guys doing, man? Excuse my voice, man. I'm fighting the cold up here. You know what it was? He was screaming
2: for Mac McClung to win his second uh, Slam Dunk Championship. That's
1: what he he had on FanDuel. Yeah, yeah, so. (laughs) Now, now, Jerry, we were talking yesterday about the All-Star game. Wanted to bring you in on it. 397 points scored. I thought it was embarrassing uh, as I was watching it, I was almost watching it facepalmed, and and to be honest with the NBA commissioner Adam Silver looked to be embarrassed also at the trophy presentation.
3: Yeah, he seemed to be embarrassed, and I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't I think the show has been unwatchable for years, and I didn't even watch it. I, um, you know, I, I tried watching it a few years back, and I think I can't even remember the last one I went to, but it was unwatchable then. So. Uh, it's been well more than a decade since these guys have just given up. And it's sad because I, I remember the, uh, the 2001 NBA All-Star game in D.C. where it was a duel between Kobe against uh, Allen Iverson and Stephon Marber, and it went down to the wire, and was a one-point game, and there was so much excitement in the building. And ESPN posted a clip of that game a couple of days ago, and you saw the intense defense that they played. And – Those guys had pride back then, and these guys don't care right now. And uh, I don't know how it helps the game. I I guess you you give big numbers from the TV standpoint, but um, it's a sad sign for basketball when an all-star game is just a, a poor exhibition like that.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: It sounded like Adam Silver was really upset uh, giving out the award afterwards. Yeah. Um, now, people have talked about, like, a one-on-one tournament. Do you think there's anything they can add to this or do to this to, to make it better for, for viewing purposes?
3: I don't know what it is. Um, you know, is it a money incentive? Well, I don't, I don't know if it's money. Uh, and it's it's funny because I watched part of the, um, the All-Star Celebrity game on Friday, and you got NBA. There was, you know, Michael Parsons out there this guy probably has more on the line because an NFL player gets hurt and, you know, he jeopardizes everything. There are no real guarantees in NFL. And, but he he's out there playing hard. Right. And, you know, he's trying to win the MVP in that game and, and he played with intensity and uh, these NBA guys, I don't even think it's money thing. They make so much money. So um, I don't know what you can do to fix it. A one-on-one tournament is not going to get it from me. Um, I, I guess if, they continue to sell out arenas during their all-star weekend and put that out there, you know, they'll, they'll get their TV ratings. But um, from a fan perspective, I think that the NBA all-star game is actually a reflection of what's going on in the regular season with some of these games in the one fifties that you see right now, uh, where there's very little defense. And, you know, I'm, I'm from an error or I, I, I admire an error of the old New York Knicks where, you know, they laid wood to you, man. If you came down a lane and, and continuously and try to score a lot. You get knocked down, and you don't get knocked down anymore. Everybody loves each other uh, in today's (laughs) NBA, and uh, I think that takes away from the
1: overall product. Yeah, here with uh, Jerry Bimber from The Undefeated, I call it LeBron James era is the friendship era of the National Basketball Association. I want to stick with this for a while, because you got your finger uh, on the pulse of the NBA. To me, and I said this to Jeremy yesterday, the NBA, out of all the major sports league seems to be the most arrogant, tone-deaf one of them all. The more you say what needs to be done for the fans, it seems the more they ignore you, the more they push back. It seems not only are they not hearing what uh, people are asking for, they're refusing to do it, and they go the opposite way. And I mean from the player's standpoint, not from Adam Silver. Yeah, you know, a couple years ago, I think we heard players say,
3: you know, we got to get this more competitive, we got to make it happen. Um, They can do it. Right, they can all get together and say, "Let's just go out there and bust our ass out there and give these fans what they want." Um, You know, all your money is guaranteed if you if you break a leg in this All-Star game, your money is good for the duration of your contract. So let's go out there and give them a show. But again, like I said, in the regular season, you guys you got guys taking ten days off, fifteen games off, um, you know, the load management days and they're not giving the, the, the fans a show during a regular season, so why are they going to give them a show um, during an All-Star game? And you almost have to do what the slam dunk contest did, which yeah. was dead a couple of years ago until Matt McClung came and added a little excitement. But you got a guy who wasn't even in the NBA who came and saved that thing in recent years. <laughs>
4: call right? up so, in the G uh, League.
3: Yeah, maybe you get some international players to come in and, and play the NBA All-Star. I don't know. I, I just think it's broke. I don't think it could be fixed. Um, and yeah, I just think that it, that's the way it is. It, it can't be fixed. I
1: think, Jeremy, how would you feel about that if they had the Americans versus the Internationals for the All Star game?
2: How would I feel? Well, yeah. I, the internationals would start off with all the MVPs, so they'd be loaded. Would there be any Would there be any American white dudes on the all-star team? Hey, shut up, Rob. You don't know. We just had a white dude win the dunk contest. What you got to say about that? Twice.
0: <laughs> Twice. <laughs>
2: Twice. <laughs> what did Charles Barkley say once? The world's messed up. The best golfer in the world's black and the best rapper's white. <laughs> Going back to Eminem and Tiger Woods. But I, I want to ask you about the second half of the season um, and this Doc Rivers stuff, which I find interesting because J.J. Reddit called him out. And then a kid named Austin Rivers, I don't know if they're related, uh, defended (laughs) Doc. Um, But what do you make of this? Because he said, yeah, it can't be Doc's fault ever. He comes in, it's really tough to take over a team that has the best record in the middle of the season. Um, What are your thoughts on Doc?
3: There is not a single person in NBA history who has ridden one moment, one NBA title more than Doc Rivers. (laughs) He won that title with Boston, and he's rode that wave. I mean, he has failed up uh it's amazing and i I like doc doc's a great guy um but he's not he's in big moments as an nba coach he has not come through and i don't know what the milwaukee bucks were seeking when they hired him i don't know what they were thinking when they hired adrian griffin i didn't think he was a good fit um but for whatever reason they brought him on um this is a milwaukee team that's a, a few years removed from an nba title and uh they are going nowhere fast i don't think Doc's the right fit. I mean, he's, he's got a, a talented team that, that is good enough to win a championship, but I don't think he's the guy that's going to lead him away. It's going to be up to the players to win that title in Milwaukee, not the coach, because Doc Rivers has proven, proven in big game situations that 99% of the time he's not going to get you there.
1: I'm floored that they even hired him. Jerry, Jerry Bimry, undefeated. Jerry, can you tell us what you're working on, or is it top secret?
3: Uh, I got a couple of projects I really can't mention right now, but I got something on youth sports and, and, and parents' role in youth sports, So, uh, which is a very interesting story. So I'll let you guys know when that drops. All there- you
1: got to do is have draw a picture, create lanes, have players and coaches in one lane, have parents in the other. End of story. I (laughs) thought
2: Rob, like my idea earlier today, Jerry, you could write a book on Dion waiters and and the title of the book is I want to be as good at something as Dion waiters thinks he is at basketball. That's how (laughs) I live my life. So yeah, any of that would apply.
3: (laughs) It sounds good. Some ideas there, you know, but, uh, in researching the story has been really interesting. Uh, you know, I've talked to some, some coaches who have gone through some things with some parents and it's just It's out of control, and I just saw a recent Matt Barnes clip where he put his hands on a a high school announcer in California, uh, which was really interesting. So, um, yeah, I'll let you guys know when the story drops.
1: He's about that life. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, thanks a lot, my friend, and have a good one. All
3: right, guys. Take care.
1: I got to be honest. I've been been lucky throughout my coaching career. I haven't had those parents. I've been lucky, man. I have parents whose kids kids I coached close to a decade ago that I'm still friends with. I Still comes to the games.
2: I had an assistant coach. Um, and it, by the way, so I, I let uh, the assistant coach, him and his son moved in with me and lived with me for almost a year. Um, they fell on hard times. My assistant coach was in a wheelchair and he would challenge people to fights all the freaking time. And he would yell at I'm like, dude, you got to calm down, man. Like, wh- why are you so angry? And he's like, nobody's gonna fight me. I'm in a wheelchair, <laughs> like, you can't win. Um, so and and he's he's right, <laughs> you can't win if you fight somebody in a wheelchair. Because if you beat him up, you're the guy that beat up a guy in a wheelchair. If he whooped your ass, you got beat up by a guy in a wheelchair. But he would start arguments and fights with people, and I'd have to go up and apologize after the game all the time.
1: Really? Yeah. I never had those assistant coaches either. Yeah. But like I said, I've been I've been blessed with parents, man. I, like, I've, I've met friends through kids who have coached their parents. Yeah. I mean, I, I know they exist because I've seen it. I just haven't had it.